Hey, everybody. You are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin. Uh, Jay Christian Gary is in parts unknown right now. Uh, but with us, we got Mark Q. He'll be talking to us about the Rising 26 women's fight, uh, as well as Reina and some other goings-on in women's MMA in Japan and the U.S. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for, again for coming on the show. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, well, before we go into the uh, women's uh, fights and Rise 26, first thing I got to ask is how happy you are that they have English commentary and it's now $25 and available on uh, the Live Now app. I'm ecstatic. You know, I mean, it was, you know, this year was so much that they, they wanted to have like, you know, events for $50 and, and non-English commentary, which, you know, kind of sucked for us in the U.S. I mean, I think a lot of us, did, I don't, I think Rise and I think is hopefully starting to realize that there's a huge American audience here and it's tough for us Americans to be able to watch a Japanese Japanese card without American commentary and uh, to be able to get to, to access, even access a um, American pay-per-view site is a lot easier. You know, we don't have to go to a Japanese site where we have to translate the page in order to figure out what link to connect to or where how to pay or whatever. So I was absolutely ecstatic once I saw that link of like, oh, it's English finally, yes. And we've got American commentary and it's $25, which isn't, which is, to tell you the truth, is not, it's not too bad for what the card is. I mean, it's a really stacked card all the way up and down. So, you know, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely great, grateful that, that this is, hopefully this is what continues, you know, later in, throughout the, uh, throughout the uh, next year, this coming year and for the years, you know, coming where they understand that there's an English audience that want to watch the, uh, that want to watch the pay-per-view and now there's access to that. So I'm actually happy that Verizon decided to do this, especially in the New Year's Eve card. I think I was most surprised that they actually lowered the price because so rarely do prices get lowered for anything, especially MMA. We've seen with the UFC shows, they've gone up astronomically. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, is that there is, I mean, there's an economy to that too. I mean, if, if for some reason we cannot get it at an affordable price, and we're obviously going to pirate it. So it's, I think there, there's a, um, you know, there's a point, at, there's a price point at which, you know, people are willing to pay for your, for your event. But if it goes over that price, then we're going to find other methods if we really want to watch it. Um, and I think that's something that the UFC still needs to understand is that a $60 or $70, you know, pay-per-view sometimes isn't, isn't necessarily worth it for some of us to, to, to get, you know? So, I mean, you know, just to think of how much money that is over a year, how many uh, pay-per-views that is, I mean, you're, you're in the good, you know, I think somebody had estimated $900,000 a year just for UFC entertainment alone for everything to be able to do that. So, you know, I think $25 is a very reasonable price. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that price point. I think people would be um, more, um, you know, reasonable for that price point. And I wouldn't be surprised if they lowered the price to something like that, that they would get more people in the long run. So we'll see how, we'll see, kind of see what happens. Uh, what do you think about though, uh, what this does for the Ryzen shows being uploaded on YouTube? Uh, Cause what they were doing uh, previous before this, uh, they were uploading the full fights to the Ryzen uh, YouTube channel. And uh, I mean, it, it, that's great and that's great and all but i wonder do you think this will uh do you think they're gonna cut off, cut that off because they're gonna want people to go to the streaming sites um i don't know did they say if it's gonna be if it's gonna have a uh, replayability uh this show 
Do you happen to know? I'm that? Not, I am not sure. I mean, you know, that was the beauty with Fight TV. You had the opportunity to be able to, to replay the replay the, the things. So I don't know. I haven't been I haven't been through the site yet to to see what it exactly says because I haven't purchased it yet. I'm I like to purchase it night of. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't uh, know. Um, we've been actually seeing a lot of uh, these uh, Japanese promotions embrace YouTube much, much recently. Uh, I guess the most obvious was Ryzen, uh, Deep as well. Pancreas uh, had uh, their uh, had one of their sh full shows on YouTube a few months ago. Um, do you think that do you think that the Japan's finally getting the uh, message that YouTube is a viable uh, platform to put their fights on? Yeah, because you know. U.S. fans were going to hear, U.S. fans, I mean, the, uh, you know, us, us hardcore fans that love Japanese, the Japanese mixed martial arts scene, um, we'll, we'll mention stuff that goes on, you know, what, what has been, you know, what goes on there. If there's a really exciting fight that happened over the weekend, I mean, Twitter's a huge thing, too. Because, um, you know, we've got several, uh, several uh, Twitter pages that actually do show highlights of, of the event. And that gives you the opportunity for some of these, some of these, um, you know, newer fans, UFC fans or whatever that are not into Japanese mixed martial arts, that opportunity to go and back and watch. Uh, and it, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get the Jules pay-per-view, but the, uh, but the spikes are up right now on YouTube. I was able to catch a couple because we're talking um, about uh, uh, two gals that will be fighting um, at the very first, the very first uh, match. I had to go back to watch a couple of their fights just to kind of get a little bit of research. So I think it's important just for the exposure exposure of, of that. And, you know, I think it'll gain them more fans in the long run, you know, because if they see, if they see a lot of the Japanese stars that, um, that, you know, that, that are there, then it's going to just going to drive a lot more people to want to watch the product. I mean, this is, this is a, I mean, the New Year's Eve event in Japan has always been a huge thing, no matter what the promotion is. Um, and I think we're starting to get back to that point where, you know, it's it's becoming a really just a, uh, it's becoming a, you know, one of those, like I said, it's kind of being almost their their version of MMA WrestleMania, I guess, you know, to, to be able to, to have these shows. So hopefully the fans will, uh, you know, I think it is very important for them to have those fans the fans, the, for the fans to have access, the, at least the newer fans to have access, and then try to get them enticed to be able to watch the uh, event live. So actually, that's a good transition. What us talk about Ryzen 26 from the Saitama Super Arena, uh, and and the opening match. It looks like uh, according to the fight order. Well, let's see if this works. Ah, we got uh, Sakura versus Eru Takabayashi. Uh, two. two I, I they are 17 years old, if I'm correct, right? Uh, by Mark? Yeah, I think they're both youngsters. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not unheard of to have, you know, youngsters be able to fight. I mean, Frank Mir's daughter is 17, I believe, right now. Um, and she was fighting in Mexico. She was fighting in Mexico, but she can't fight pro here until she turns 18. Uh, and, um, you know, there's been several stars that have um, actually fought as young as 14 as a professionals in Japan. So, you know, it's not unheard of. You know, it, it does happen and they get a lot more experience that way. There's a lot of gals that are, um, you know, starting starting up their martial arts career, you know, at eight or nine wanting to become champions. And some of these gal gals get amateur experience at, at, as young as 14 or 15 here in the States. So, yeah, it's not unheard of. And 
it's, it's great to be able to see some of these youngsters get the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, in terms of this match, I'll go ahead and kind of transition into what I was watching. Uh, I was watching, uh, yeah, Iru uh, Takabahashi's uh, fight from this past uh, week. I think she heard hers was a relatively quick turnaround. So like what two weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for her to, <laughs> to be able to fight from from the uh, deep jewels card from now to to, to to next week. And you know, I mean. Really exciting striker. I mean, she she was really kind of just pushing the pace. She was um, really, you know, kicks, knees, you know. She was really kind of pushing the pace in, in that fight. Uh, I think that, you know, her opponent was trying to, you know, she does that. They do that one thing that I think um, American, I know Julie Kedzie hates it whenever she sees it in Invicta. But when you try to headlock the person, um, you know, when they're against the cage and then you can easily even get your back took. That's where we saw in that last match. So um, I think she's really exciting. Although, I mean, she's only coming off of one, one win. This is her first professional debut. I think it was an amateur fight and yeah. um, deep. So uh, deep fuel. So um, I'm interested to see how she kind of comes out of this. I mean, obviously she's the underdog coming in here. Um, her, um, her opponent, uh, Sakura Mori, uh, really skilled grappler. I think, that's where it's going to be kind of contested. I think if they, if they ends up coming into the clinch, I think that, uh, you know, if, if, uh, um, if Maury can get the takedown, then, you know, I think that it might be, um, it might be a quick fight for, uh, for her, but we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, the hands of uh, Tugabahashi is really, really good. So um, I, I, I love that she's pressing the action and all this. She just got to make sure that she has to stay away from, from getting into any kind of clinch. Now, when I look at this and I look at their records, three and one versus debut, I I'm looking at this and thinking that, and you know, this is not you know just a rising thing. We see this in Bellator, we see this in UFC, where the promotion has their clear odds on favorite who they would like to uh, win. And I'm looking at this and I think, oh, they clearly want Sakura Mori to win. If, if I I can't I can't fathom the idea of them thinking that they want a debutee to to beat a three-in-one person. And I think that they're trying to find more people. I think the problem with the Adamweight division in Japan now is that they're just trying to find people that are competitive. Uh, right now, it's just really, it comes down to Ayaka, uh, Kana. Uh, well, we'll see between Kana and I, which we'll talk about later. But it's between Ayaka, uh, Miyu, and maybe Reina if she's still... Um, if she's still in that category, I don't know. But I think they're just they're desperate to find Adam Weight. So that's why they're having this. And they think that Sakura Mori can be a competitive Adam Weight. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for, you know, the travel bans right now and not having the ability, I mean, there are there are a lot of a lot of gals out of Korea that are that are that are accessible, somewhat accessible. Um, you know, there's a lot of I mean, they would bring American Adam Weights in, you know, and I, I thought those were exciting. I think I love it when they brought the American Adam Weights over. Um, I could see so many so many great, uh, great, great kind of deals going on. I know that um, uh, Mina Grusander, I, I believe, who's who's fought at Ryzen before would be not, would be a, would be cool to be able to see back in Ryzen again. I know that she she just lost her second her second time around at Adam, but she was actually you know she's she's actually talking about going up to 115. But you know just to bring her back into that mix, I think would be fun. You know, I I think that you know I think she's a lot better. I mean, she's you know she's she went for the Invicta title twice. 
there's a lot of foreign fighters that are there. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Chinese possible fighters that could possibly do that as well. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of maybe 115ers out of, uh, out of uh, China, but I'd be interested to see if there's any 105ers that are, that we could possibly see or 110ers that are, you know, willing to come out from, out from China over to Japan. So, I'm interested to see where the Asian kind of division is. So I think there is a possibility we could see. Another thing I wanted to mention is this, just the idea of these, of these, of these smaller gyms starting to bring in women. Um, you know, we, we have two, two gals here that are coming from smaller gyms. They're not from the, uh, you know, you know, they're not from like crazy B or they're, uh, you know, ABCC. I mean, we're not seeing, you know, we're seeing a lot more girls from different other gyms coming in. And we've seen some, some gals from, you know, from, from Vietnam, uh, Vietnam um, um, Thailand, some gals from Thailand coming out all the way up to Japan to be able to fight too and get their experience and all that as well. So, you know, I think, I think that, you know, I think that there is a really good stack of people. I mean, it would be nice to maybe see a, I know Jules did in, in the past a rough stone tournament, which is, you know, these girls that don't have as much experience and then kind of, you know, kind of room them up to being a star. I, I would love for, for uh, Ryzen or even deep, uh, even deep Jules to, to bring that back. And we can see some of this talent develop that way. So if they, if they go through a tournament, they're going to get, you know, if they win the tournament, they get three wins. So they're going to be in a, in a pretty solid state. So I'd really love to see that. Uh, the other question I have for you is I'm trying to think of how to frame this question because um, I was thinking about this when I saw how they did the fight order. Um, so Ryzen is obviously a top-level promotion, probably top three. Uh, if you don't want to say top three, at least top five. Um, when I'm looking at this, you know, this fight versus the other ones, I'm seeing kind of uh, two people that, you know, I guess you would almost say that like if this the American or Western equivalent, they would still be on the regional scene, maybe fighting, you know, in Cage Fury, uh, CES, Ring of Combat, or, or Invicta, maybe if you want to, if you want to put their, you know, to get their career started. What do you think about Ryzen having uh, these two kind of young, very, very young uh, fighters in the beginnings of the career, in the case of one, debuting? Do you think that do you, do you think that do you think that's appropriate for a promotion like Ryzen to do that, or do you think that Ry, or do you think that's a great op, It's a great thing for Ryzen to give uh, two fires like this uh, uh, he, the biggest stage that they've I have to believe fought, fought at as of now. You know, um, it's a mixed bag. Uh, you know, promotions here in the United States will do this. You know, a lot of the regional promotions because they want a local star to you know, to, to be able to, you know, to be able to shine a little bit, you know, we've seen it, I, I, we see, and, and I think it's something that, that Ryzen's trying to do, you know, they're trying to find somebody because you mean, look at who's, who's moved on from, from Ryzen to, 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 to bigger things. I mean, Kanato Murata is, is a prime example of that. I mean, she, well, she didn't have very many fights when she went, went into, uh, which when she went into Ryzen, and then she went into Evicta, won the Evicta championship, and now she's in the UFC. So it's um, you know a situation where they you know they need to build they need to build these new stars to kind of keep the divisions kind of going. You know uh, you know they kind of groom everybody that they've had in the beginning where they were trying to groom up to to be the next you know huge star that they can find they could they could possibly uh, promote. So I think the system is kind of working, but I gotta also say that. Um, I've also got to say that, uh, you know, you're right, you know, that they're kind of just grooming these, these, these gals to, to be there. I mean, if, if, 
Iru for some odd, if Takabayashi for some odd reason gets the upset, you know, obviously that's a huge deal. You know, uh, there was times that, you know, um, I think there was a couple of times in Japanese MA where they bring an, uh, a newbie in and they just do the upset and wind, wind up having huge careers. So I'm interested to see the fight and see how everything kind of goes. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Sorry about that. Sorry, I have my microphone off. Do you have an official prediction for this fight? Um, I think what will happen is what should happen is is that um, that Maury's going to uh, get the takedown probably and uh, and do a submission. I would assume an armbar because he loves the armbar. So I would say an armbar submission in, in in the first within a couple minutes, barring barring some kind of spectacular knockout by uh, Iru mm -hmm. to Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, Adam White fight. Actually, all the fights, women's fights on this card are Adam White fights. Uh, the next one is Kana Azakura taking on Ai, Ai Shimizu, after, oh my God, I feel like it's been forever since we've seen her last fight uh, in Ryzen, or maybe just in general. So uh, we got a former champion taking on undefeated Ai. Um, what do you think about this fight, Mark? I mean, this is intriguing. I mean, I'm... This is going to be I's toughest, toughest, toughest fight to date. Um, undefeated, five and zero. Uh, her last fight was a split decision win over over Andy Nguyen, um, and it's it's going to be tough just because Kana is Kana is such a, a such a, a bigger role now. The only two losses that she's had are to the two people that are in the main event. I mean, not the main event. Uh, the the third fight that we're going to be talking about, and. Kana, I think, has been working really a lot on her strength. I was just, I just was perusing her Instagram before we came on, and it seems like she's just trying to be a little bit stronger and trying to, to be that uh, that little bit more uh, leaner. And I'm, and you know, I, I'd obviously say that Kana's got the uh, got the advantage coming in. Uh, and and I, I think, you know, I mean, this is a big, big, like I said, a big step up for her um, in terms of in terms of fighting and all that as well. So I'm interested to see where kind of everything kind of heads into this as well. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, um, you know, how this fight shakes up. I think it's closer than a lot of people think it's going to be. Um, but um, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm picking Kana. I, I think it'll go distance though. Oh yeah. You, you don't think there'll be a finish? No, I don't think there'll be a finish. I think it's going to go distance. Now we've seen, uh, I, I don't want to say I kind of had, has had a, her last two fights are a little bit controversial. Uh, Tabitha and Watkins. Uh, did, do you remember that fight, uh, Mark? Yeah. Do you now? There were some people saying that she tapped to an armbar. Do you happen to recall if you if you think she tapped to an armbar in that fight, or was that a uh, I don't know uh, uh, mistakenly thought of as a tap? I'd have to take a look at the video again um, and and see if she did or not. Um, you know, sometimes it's a situation where it's. You know, she's just moving her hand, and it kind of looks like she tapped. But I'd have to watch the video again in order to do that. So I, I'm not exactly sure. The win fight, though, I mean, that was a split decision, which is, you know, kind of a, you know, kind of the thing too. So I mean, that's what got me was got me worried. Um, is that you know, as much as I love Andy and I've met Andy, she's a really great gal, person, a, a really great person. But um, you know, um, she's the kind of the the middle tier of where where the atom weights are right now. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, 
if you you can barely get by Andy, then you know it's going to be tough going against somebody like Hana. So and I'm trying to recall. I remember I remember watching that fight, um, uh, and I can't recall. I think I remember thinking that Andy win, win probably won. I thought I think I picked her to win that before the judge's decision. Um, mm. Again, it's split decision, so you know people see things differently. You know, it's also in Japan, so J- Japanese. Uh, judges judges fight much much differently uh, as well as different criteria um, but also here's the thing as well that was her last fight and that was basically it's almost a year it's, it's exactly a year since uh, I has fought do you believe she'll have cage rust or I should say ring rust in this case I mean you know I think everybody has a little bit of it I mean you know I'm interested to see if if, if actually this training actually helped her you know, going to the gym a lot more often and, and trying to train, you know, trying to uh, improve herself at home even, you know. A lot of fighters are trying, to, you, you're taking this time to kind of heal up wounds, heal up injuries, and improve themselves while they're waiting for their next fight. So I'm interested to see what, what um, I brings to the table after a year. If she may have, may have picked up a wrestling game, if she's, you know, improved her striking a little bit, you know. I'm, I'm interested to see kind of where she is in terms of her... Uh, in terms of her training. So we might see, we might even see something totally different from I versus what we've seen from, from her in the past. So, you know, I think that um, we'll have to, we'll have to see if that is, I mean, you can never predict on that. I've seen some fighters out a, a year and a half and they've come back and look as, as sharp as ever. So I don't know, really to tell you the truth. I do not know what kind of eye we're going to be seeing on uh, on new year's Eve, but we'll have, we'll, we'll take a look and see if she's, improved and if everything's kind of English you just got to take this one seriously because Kana's no joke yeah and how, how have you thought how do you think Kana uh in her uh, year has been she's she's been on a quite a quiet streak uh, two two straight wins if I'm correct yeah and like you said I mean her only two losses are to the two uh the two fighters that uh, are fighting for the championship and you know I think she's getting stronger I mean like I said she's Seems like she's she's doing a lot more weight training, so she's really trying to get to get stronger, uh, and to, to be able to have losses against those two, kind of I think, sometimes you know that you always say that you know you know you always learn from your losses, and I think if you lose to somebody like like um, me or you lose to somebody like Ayaka, it helps for you to 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 lose to somebody that that level, and it's just gonna you know as they say iron sharpens iron. So she's going to, to improve after that. So, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, what kind of, you know, how how her losses has improved her her game. We've seen that in the past couple of fights. And, you know, obviously with a win here, she's going to be facing the winner of, of Mayu versus Ayaka, I think. It's, 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 a, it's kind of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Hey. Knock, knock, motherfuckers. Hey. We, got, we got Christian with us. Luckily, he he's he's back from parts unknown. He's back from parts unknown. <laughs> uh, I'm but- sorry, I just couldn't resist you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I overslept. I got woken up to the sounds of Christmas music on a on a <laughs> saxophone. I think over the radio because I overslept listening to college football. But here we go. That's I guess fun. did y'all all talk about the fights in general, or do we need no. to talk about the fights? No, we're up to we're up to Kana and I. But um, I just wanted I was gonna just ask another question to you, uh, Mark. Um, 
Where do you think Khan? Yeah, okay, I mean, I just have to ask before you get back to talking to Mark Hugh. I mean, did we already go through the fights in order, or no? We're up. To, we're we we just finished. We finished uh, the opening match, Christian. We're up to uh, Kana and I. Oh my goodness! It wasn't really. Did I guess we need to go through. Uh, I guess we need to go through these in order. Hate to basically, you know, fuck up the flow of the show, but we can go ahead and talk about Kana and Kai. We can go ahead and continue to talk about Kana and I. We just need to go through these fights in order, mm. if that's okay. Yeah, no, because we're only talking about the women's fights. We're only talking about the women's fights right now. Um, Understood. Understood. Mark, let me just. Uh, uh, so my question is about Kana. Where do you think her her level is in Ryzen because I feel like I feel like as long as Ayaka and maybe Miyu are at the top, she's always going to be here until uh, 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 until you know one of them quits, I guess, or retires. What do you think Kana's ceiling? Do you think that Kana's ceiling is now lower because Miyu and Ayaka are now basically the top contenders or the two top women at Adam weights? Really, I mean, I think, I think Kana, I think, I think Kana, Kana is is almost at the level of of Miyu. I don't know if she's at the level of Ayaka. You know, yeah. I think, you know, it's hard to get to the level of Ayaka. She's a legend in the sport. She's been fighting for, I don't know what, five, six years, seven years, maybe, even more than that. So, you know. Um, I think she's about that where Miyu is right now. But with Ayaka, I mean, it, it's it's tough. I mean, the, you know, obviously, Co. Uh, uh, I mean, he has been fighting just as long as uh, Ayaka has, uh, and you know, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to to have a bet like that. He's have you know, it's going to take some time. I don't think Kana is going to get to that level within the next year, within the next two years, it's just going to take a little bit more, more time. I kind of want to see her actually fight more outside of Rise and maybe bring her to Invicta and try, try to, you know, sharpen her just a little bit more with some of the competition here in the United States. You know, I think we, um, they, get so, they get so placed I'm in... Sorry I'm sorry to interrupt, Mark, yeah. even though it's kind of my thing. <laughs> so yeah. what you're basically saying is... You would want to see Ai Shimizu, if she does manage to, you know, dispatch Kana Asakura, you would want to see her fight better and tougher competition, right? Yeah, you know, I think that's the big thing is you get, it's kind of complacent in terms of it. I mean, you see how, you see how uh, Kanato um, improved so much coming here to the United States. I mean, part of it was your training over the United States, uh, over at CSA, but... Um, but also the fact that, you know, just to get a, a different style of competition. And like I said, um, Invicta just brings some of the, some of the best women, women to their, to their place. That's why the UFC poaches their talent as well. So, you know, I think that in order for her to kind of sharpen herself and get different looks, I mean, I mean, Japanese fighters, I mean, there are, you know, you know, striking grappling and all that as well, but it would be nice to her to, to face different competition. And that's, I think that's what's holding her back a little bit. You know, I mean, Ayaka has, you know, been the Invicta champion. She's fought some of the best atom weights in the world. So it would be nice for her to um, have that opportunity to be able to, uh, 
to be able to uh, be a better fire that way. I see. And, and I really hate to drag y'all all the way back to the opening fight because, of course, I came in late. But about this, you know, I guess you can say high school girls fight. Sakura versus Eru Takabayashi. I mean, do you think that Nobuyuki Sakaki Bara and Nobuhiko Takada, Shingo Kashiwagi are basically booking this bout and saying, you know, maybe when it comes down to this fight, maybe when it comes down to, you know, putting these two young girls out there on a global stage, we could actually try and get more women interested into professional MMA, not just, you know, no disrespect, older women, but the younger women as well. I think the uh, I think the, the evolution of, of the women's divisions, I think, have done that. I mean, people like Megumi, who has been a pioneer on that, Ayaka, who's currently the champion, mm-hmm. right? well, uh, was going to be going to be uh, was a former champion now is going for the championship again um is there mm-hmm. but yeah i mean the youngsters i mean we had Shino van hoos uh fight and she was like what 14 when she when she started professionally uh so oh, i think right. it's very similar to- of, i mean basically the days of people like erica montoya and Shino van Huse. Yeah, you know, I mean, I always harpen it back to um, what's going on in terms of the professional wrestling scene in, in Japan. Because you see some of these girls come in, these high school girls come in at age 13, 14, uh, wanting to professional wrestle. I think that that, that's, that system's probably going to end up happening very similar um, in terms of, of mixed martial arts in, in Japan. I think these girls are starting to get interested in that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm kind of interested to see if, you know, some of these girls that can't, they can't make like the national wrestling team might, might, you know, decide to, um, you know, take, uh, take uh, Murata's uh, kind of stance and make their way into there as well. So we'll have to, we'll have to see, but I would assume that, that that's what's going to happen. We're going to see a lot more um, of these girls kind of see the opportunity to, to be able to want to fight. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. So, Understood. Uh, the, big, the big question I have uh, for you, Mark, uh, have you been following the craziness that's been going on at Crazy B uh, right now? I, I have not. Um, you know, I, you know, I was trying. Like I said I was checking out. I was checking out. Um, I was <laughs> checking out uh, um, uh, Mayu's uh, Instagram uh, for a little bit just to see, you know, how her training's going and all that as well. But uh, you got you got to fill me on on that one. I mean, basically, what we know about the whole thing is that Yusuke Yachi, Aishimizu, and somebody else, if I remember correctly, they're all not a part of Crazy B anymore, as isn't Miyu Yamamoto. So they're all, I guess, going their separate ways because, you know, I guess Crazy B wants to be more of a novelty act to the legacy of Norifumi Kid Yamamoto than they want to be an actual training gym. I mean, is that right, Andrew? Did I get that right? Basically, it, well, I think you maybe think of Kotetsu Boku. I think that's who... Oh, yeah. Old man, no face. But um, <laughs> basically, Crazy B is still a camp. 
it, it's still the, the, I see pictures from fighters who I guess uh, trained there for a day or something, but we're we're not seeing right now the the people the big people there like the people like I uh, whose nickname is Princess B uh, or Miu, but she does most of her training in Guam at Spike Twenty Two anyway. Um, uh-huh. uh, let's see who else. Yeah, like you said, Yachi. Um, I don't know about Boku, but Yachi being the biggest name from there as of now. Yeah, a lot of them have put they have put freelance as their um, gym or camp. So, and here's the thing, uh, Mark. Do you think that we uh, we we've seen how Kotetsu Boku, we've seen how Yusuke Yachi have done in their last few fights. They have done not good, not good at all. Um, and I. I did happen. I I, I did. Some of them have even gone completely terrible. To be from, honest with you. Yeah, and from uh, when I asked Miu, when I asked, I had the opportunity to ask Miu this. She had basically kind of implied it sounds like there's a change in management. And so, Mark, what do you think that this gym changing the uh this whole thing going on there? You think that's you think we because it's possibly I's first professional loss because she's not gotten a proper training camp and because of what's this drama at the gym. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's tough again, it's tough to say. I mean, I don't, we don't know when I was watching, I looked at eyes uh, Instagram just before to try to see where she's, she's training or who she's training with and all that as well. So, you know, I, you know, it depends on who she's training with, what kind of coaches she has, you know, where she kind of went off to, if it's a situation where it's just, a bunch of fighters that went off and don't have a coach or, you know, where, you know, that they're training each other, then it might be a little bit of a problem. Uh, I think a lot of the photos didn't have her with any female training partners. So that might be a thing, but you know, uh, you know, it might be a situation. Yeah. It's, it's really tough when you, when you're leaving a gym like that and then going to some other gym, there's always going to be that, uh, that process where you're, you know, you're kind of adjusting to, you know, whatever's going on. Um, and some, sometimes it's a searching process. They want to search for a certain gym that they want to, they feel that they're, they're comfortable with. This is something that's, you know, that's something that happens in the U S all the time. You know, we see, we see, uh, you know, fighters come and go, um, from different gyms just because management changes and all that as well. So it will be interesting to see kind of, you know, I would be interested to see who's cornering them. You know, that might, that might give mm-hmm. some of, 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 of how everything is kind of going. So, I got, I'm interested to see. Uh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go and ahead. you know what? It is kind of weird that you say it would be weird to see who's cornering them because I think we already know that Kayo Aguiwan is going to be in the corner of Miu Yamamoto no matter how fucked up he's messed. No, wait, let me rephrase that. No matter how beaten, battered, and bruised he is in his fight against Kibla Koikerps. But let's just go ahead and think of the possibilities here. If I wins her fight, I mean, if Aishimizu wins her fight against Kana Asakura, couple that with Miyu Yamamoto potentially shocking the world and beating Ayaka Hamasaki, do you think that the Crazy Bee freelancers might start a mass exodus of actual Crazy Bee, you know, competitors going over to join them? You know, I mean, there's always that 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 camp. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I remember when Alpha Male over here in the United States, when there was a shape up in mm-hmm. management and shake up in coaching, 
Um, so, you know, they had to figure out who the next coach is or whatever, you know, so, you know, it might not be, you know, it might be, you know, called something different, might not be, you know, you know, crazy be whatever, they'll figure out what their name is or whatever. But if it ends up happening that both of them end up winning, and I don't know, you know, I don't know. I don't think they're training together. I think they're in separate camps, correct? I could, I can answer all that right now. Yeah. So yeah, Miu does most of her training in Spike 22 and it looks like, it looks like I, according to her Instagram, was training at Kizuna Base Gym. And that looks to be in Gotanda, which is in Tokyo. However, she did still put hashtag crazy bee in the in her photo. So I don't know if I I, I have no idea what to make of this, but yeah, uh, this this photo you know, of her, Andrew, she probably put that down in her Instagram story, hashtag crazy bee, as a way to not forget where she came from, even though yeah. To be honest, Kyoji doesn't do that. Yeah, true. Actually, this was in July, by the way, that she posted this photo. She's posted no photos of herself training since then. Uh, just random. Oh wow! Just random photos of her eating have been uh, are 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 there. Um, but yeah, so not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But do you think that? But do you think that when it comes to her? Not having posted a training photo since the summer and not, I mean, not remembering where she came from with Crazy B. Do you think there's a bit of a change of heart? It could be a situation where she's concentrating on her training and not worrying about it. You know, there's always that case. You know, I mean, she's, you know, if she's so hardcore in the training and not wanting to, to, to post on social media, I mean, that's that's always a thing. You know, it's not a situation where she's, you know, she has to, but, you know. But I'll tell you this, you know, previously. Basically, she's cutting off the distractions. I'll tell you yeah, this. Pretty much. She, she, she posts, she used to post a lot of training photos at with her at Crazy B versus now. So, I don't know. It's just, you know, when someone stops posting training photos, it's, I don't know. That tends to be, mm, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like mm. the interruption of flow. It's kind of, you kind of wonder, oh, so, you know, my friend Jim, he's always, you know, he always posts photos of himself, go, of himself working out. And if you don't see him posting photos for about a month, you're like, oh, is Jim not going to, to the, to the gym anymore or something like that? It, it, it does bring, it does make you wonder what, what, what is, what is there? If, if there is something rotten in the state of Denmark. And also, just going back to Jim's uh, having uh, change of management or fluxing, the biggest example, you know, you brought up t- Team Alpha Male, I think was Black Zillions. When they, you know, when they lost John Jones, when Rashad Evans started going on his uh, losing streak. Uh, yeah, like you that. You know what, Andrew? That's a good example because you think about, you know, over here in the States at least, Obviously, Team Alpha Male is based out of Sacramento, California. You think about the Black Zillions and what they've gone through over in Boca Raton, Florida, and how everybody really trailed off after, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Overeem lost, or was it Rashad Evans? I think think it was both of them. I think they both started, you know, uh, Rashad went on that long losing streak, and then uh, uh, Overeem started losing a bunch. I think I, I, I... I think uh, Overeem changes training camps to somewhere else. I can't. Was it the? And then, yeah. And then, and then I think, if I remember correctly, Rashad left Black Zillions to start his own camp. 
Yeah. And, you know, that kind of was almost the death knell too. Yeah, I, it's kind of like, like when you're seeing all these, these, these big fighters from this gym saying, oh, they're now freelance. It's kind of yeah. like one fighter does it. Yeah, one fighter does it too. Mm, not, but three, three, three of them yeah. of their big fighters are saying, no, I'm not, I'm not officially trained there anymore. Then, you know, you start to wonder what is, what is going on. And I'll tell you the truth. I don't think, I think we're going to see, uh, well, I, I, I we're going to see tri- crazy. B. I think that camp's going to be gone by next year. I think, I think we're not going to see it anymore as a uh, full-time training camp, unfortunately. So basically what you're saying, Andrew, is we're going to see a proper burial of crazy B. No disrespect to the legacy of Kid Yamamoto. No, that's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Um, but Mark, just quickly going back to the fight, my question is: so with this, with the winner of this fight, do you think the winner of this fight should be next in line for a championship shot? It, it has to be. You know, I can't, I can't see anybody else in, in, you know, built up enough right now to to be in line for a title shot. So, um, you know, I mean, it's 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 kind of obvious that's what they're doing. This is almost like a mini tournament almost so, between the you know, between these four. Part two to that question: We've seen Kana take on both Miyu and Ayaka and lost both times. If Kana mm-hmm. wins, uh, do you? I don't know. What What do you do in that case? Because I know a lot of promotions. You know, once you lay lost to somebody, and, and you know, she lost the uh, championship to Ayaka uh, as well. Uh, Miyu and Miyu and uh, Kana did not have a title match. But do you think that if Ayaka wins, beats Miyu, Kana wins this match? It, can you Can you build a match around around that? Even though it happened a year ago. Kana, Kana is gonna be if, if 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 and when she wins this fight, is going to be you know have won her past three, which you know it's it's kind of you know undeniable in, in, a, in a very small division like what they have right now. Like you said, there's just nobody there's nobody else they can bring in to 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 fight. I mean, obviously Ham's gone, that's why the championships vacated. There's just nobody else that they can bring in, and they can't they can't. In the foreseeable future, they're not going to be able to bring any American stars in. I mean, I would love to see, I would love to see, uh, you know, Ayaka take on, uh, take on. Um, uh, oh shoot, we were talking about her earlier. Uh, Ayaka versus Julian DeCorsi or something. Or oh, yeah, yeah. Well, was, was it Mina Grusander? I think you mentioned Mina Grusander, right? Yeah, Grusander. Yeah, you know, I mean, Grusander had had uh, fought twice uh, for the championship over at Invicta and then wasn't able to get there. And I think there were very close match. I personally had Grusander winning both fights. So, you know, I think, you know, Mina would be nice to have maybe, you know, maybe coming over to Japan to be able to, uh, to be able to face Ayaka, if not face Kana, kind of see how, how things go with that. And if that sharpens Kana a lot, you know, a lot more, if Kana gets to win there, then I think she, I mean, obviously will deserve it because she, she fought a former a former uh, former title contender over at Invicta, which is I think builds builds her credibility up you know a bunch. But just the way that things are right now, there's just no other there's no other choices. The winner of this has to face the you know, the winner of the championship match uh, that night. I, I can't see any other 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 way of, about it. Uh, you know, Jen is currently Jen is currently in the UFC, so she she's out she's out right now. She can't she can't be a part of it. Um, so, you know, we'll have to kind of see what goes on. Jillian just lost a, um, just lost a, a fight, but it was at 115, I believe. So, um, you know, it might be nice to have her have a, have a win before we even 
even discuss her coming over to Japan again. So. Did she take that fight on short notice, I think? I think that was another short notice fight for her. Yeah, it was a short notice fight, you know. I, I think, think um, <laughs> that seems to be the story of her career is that all of her fights seem to be on short notice. Short notice, yeah. <laughs> well, Andrew, you can't really blame her. She just wants to fight. I mean, it's just funny, that's though, the reason why but, she talked to us, right? I know, but that's, it's just... A, it's so funny that three of her four fights, I, or like, I, I'm trying, I don't know her record offhand, but I think like three or four of her fights have been all like a week's notice. I just find that so funny that like she's, she's like the go-to person like uh, uh, when when a fighter pulls out. I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead. Jillian, of course, is like a four and three, by the way. Okay. Oh, sorry, Mark, go ahead. Uh, we're going to see that a lot more often now because of what's going on with COVID. So, yeah. you know, we're going to see a lot more people get the, get the call, you know, quickly and you know okay we have a far fighting through can you can you be here for it so that's how that's how it's going to be for the next year and after that maybe hopefully um that won't happen but i know within the next year we're going to see a lot more of those well we're going to we're going to have this fight but somebody's swapping out can we get somebody last minute so um you know and i really hope i mean jillian obviously should be fighting over in Invicta hopefully soon you know, our, our natural weight at 105. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, with that being said, and, Christian- um, one more question oh. I would like to ask, Andrew. Yes. Andrew, one more question I would like to ask to Mark. Go ahead. You said we all agree that there's a diluted talent pool because of the fact that no foreign talent can't really get into Japan, especially not Americans in continents or country. But Considering the fact that obviously the Aishimizu Kanasakura fight's pretty much a number one contender about, if the results are what they are, let's just say if Aishimizu beats Kanasakura and Yu Yamamoto beats uh, Ayaka Hamasaki, would you be more interested in seeing I versus Miyu? Or would you be more interested in seeing another Ayaka versus Kana fight? Um, I'm going to give you option C, which is Kana versus Miyu. <laughs> if Miyu wins and Kana comes back, I, I think that I think that that Kana, I think um, the new Kana here that has been, you know, that has been on a, on a two fight win streak that has faced Ayaka could possibly beat Miyu. So I think that fight, I mm. think, is the most freaking fight of, the, of all the scenarios. I see. And in order for Kana, I mean, in order for Miyu to actually have any future fight possibilities, do you think that she needs to start finishing people? Because her record wins and losses is all decisions. <laughs> Let's just be real. Even though, of course, she got submitted one time, but still, all of her wins have come via decision. Even though I know she's in her late 40s, early 50s, in order for her to be more interesting, in order for her to have a little bit of swagger in those brittle bones, no disrespect, she needs to start finishing people. She needs to, I guess, break chest in, cave chest in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there's always that 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 thing. I mean, mo- most of my promotions are more interested in, in finishes than they are decisions. You know, and that's that's kind of the, the bad news about the sport is, is that sometimes the best fighters don't finish people. You know, it's just the way it is. I mean, if you have very tough competition, you can't finish them, then you can't finish them. Uh, but, um, you know, 
if she keeps winning, there's no excuse for them not to not to have her there, you know, because she's a she's she's a talent. She's she's a, she's a you know, she's a Japanese female fighter that happens to be on a huge, you know, kind of a winning streak. And she's made a huge comeback in her career. So um, mm-hmm. I think there's a kind of a loyalty there in terms of, of where 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 she is. Uh, I know it's you know, she doesn't have you know, she hasn't had any exciting finishes, but still um you know she's still growing and we'll see kind of what happens if they really wanted her to have finishes then they should you know have her face some of some lesser competition so she can get those finishes but we'll see we'll see what happens with her but i have a feeling you know i think they'll be, they'll stay loyal to her just because of her legacy who um who she is in terms of uh her uh, um her japanese her celebrity name. so yeah uh with that being said christian you haven't done this in a while Please take on the last fight we'll be talking to with Mark at uh, Ryzen 26. And if you case you don't know what it is, it's, it's right behind me. The poster's right behind me. Oh, God. How do you think the finish of this fight between Ayaka Hamasaki and Miu Yamamoto will go? Oh, I, I, I believe it's going to be a submission. I think it'll be an arm bar, but I won't be surprised if it's a, a triangle. Because I think what will happen is is that Miu is going to try to take her down, and if 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 Ayaka's on bottom, then that's that's kind of spells doom for it. Uh, this is kind of a bad matchup. It just just in the fact uh, that it's a wrestler versus a very high highly skilled uh, a grappler. So I mean that's how I'm predicting it's going to end. Uh, it's either going to be an armbar or, or a triangle triangle choke. I think uh, from the bottom, uh, that's how it's going to end. Barring that, um, for some reason, my Mayu gets a uh, has has gained a striking game down in Guam. Well, actually, you bring up a very interesting point, Mark. With uh, you know the way, uh, all but one way that uh, Mayu has lost is by submission. But mm-hmm. she has done she has done quintet, and she has faced uh, she has been able to uh, face other people like uh, Amp the Rocket, who is maybe Brazil, I'm uh, not Brazil, the Thailand's best uh, uh, Adam Wei Jiu-Jitsu um, uh, competitor there. Competitive. Do you think, though, that Miyu maybe has learned from her past mistakes and won't fall into these traps that she used to at the beginning of her career? Yeah, I'm interested to see you know, what she's learning in Guam, who her uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach is down there. Um, because, you know, if, you know, I would want, you know, some of the best to, to kind of go through some of the scenarios that, you know, she possibly could face, especially on top. Cause, um, I, I think that's, you know, her strength is obviously her wrestling, but, you know, you gotta see, you know, you gotta kind of defend yourself just in case of any kind of bottom attacks. So I'm interested to see kind of, you know, how her, her, uh, defensive, uh, jujitsu is and, you know, how that's kind of coming along in terms of that as well. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously she's, you know, every fighter makes improvements after every single fight they've had. I mean, Mia's come so far from where she was when she started with Horizon. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm still thinking it's going to be a submission. Um, if not first round, it'll be second, but it'll be, it'll be within the first five minutes. I think. Well, here's the thing. As so well. you're basically saying this fight will not go the distance. No, no. I think that Ayaka is going to submit her. Do you? Th- but here's what's what's also think about that. Miyu can go 
uh, uh, for all three rounds if need be. Do you think she'll use that to an advantage to tire out Ayaka so that she can't use that grappling at all? You know, just, you know, hold her against the uh, the turnbuckle, hold her against the ropes. If she manages to get a successful takedown, kind of just lay on her, just kind of weaken her. Well, I mean, Ayaka's been been through through title fights. Uh, you know, I, I, I think if I remember correctly, she's been through five-round title fights here in the United States. So, you know, I, I think that, okay. you know, uh, you know that like her is it's not it's not going to be that 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 thing and the queer, weird thing about the the ring is is that with you know the grappling is a little bit different than if you're in a, say a cage if you're in a cage then you have a lot more support if you're in those ropes it's going to be a little bit more difficult to uh to to be able to pummel and to be able to grapple like that so you know i now i'm you know i'm in i, I think that it's going to yeah i i don't know if it's going to be more much of a you know of a, of a, of a you know of a, uh, you know, grind as it were in terms of that. So we'll have to, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Miu's best shot is if for some reason she gets, she has got a striking game because Ayaka has been probably, probably where she's been uh, kind of uh, weakest is in terms of her, uh, her striking. And if she finds a, you know, a powerful striker and if Miu can get her to bleed, it might be, uh, it might turn the tables and, Maybe we might see a decision out of her or maybe even a, a doctor stoppage. Here's the other question. And I you, have. Know, uh, you go ahead and answer your question. I'll go ahead and ask after you get done. Do you th what do you think about this, this, this fight not being – so they have the main event is obviously Kai versus Horiguchi, but the co-main event is tension uh, in, a, in a kickboxing fight. Do you think – that this fight should be a co-main event because it is a title match. I, I think, I mean, in this case, I don't think it should be, you know, I understand yeah. why they decided not to, I mean, just to see who, who the top, who the top stars are in the division. I don't think the UFC, for some odd reason, the UFC doesn't do this and they need to kind of, I think people, you know, people like me, like, you know, are like, you know, if, if they're the top star in the end of the promotion, then, you know, obviously put them at the, uh, put it on at the end of the end of the, uh, end of the fight, you know, to end of the night, you know, or, you know, towards the end of the night, you know, I mean, um, you know, I mean, in terms of Ayaka's, you know, Ayaka's one of the, the top female star in the division, but yet she's probably not the top star there is um, in, in the promotion. So I have absolutely no problem with it. Them being the feature fight is fine with me. All right, Christian, go ahead. Understood. And considering the fact that obviously we just analyzed the Hamasaki Yamamoto fight, now this question I'm about to ask is a little bit tricky. Between the Kana Asakura Aishimizu fight and the fight between three and one Sakuramori versus the debuting Evu Takabayashi, I mean, which fight do you think, since we already analyzed the women's main event? Best, I mean, which fight do you think would have a better chance at going to a decision? Hmm. I think the I, 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 yeah, I think the I versus Kana fight is 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 the one that I think will most likely go to decision. The other, the other, the other two, I think, are pretty clear cut. Understood. Uh, well, I guess I well, I guess uh, in addition to that question. Um, what do you? Which fight are you looking forward to the most, Mark? 
to tell you the truth, I versus Kana, I think, you know, I want to see how, how, um, how Kana is in terms of, uh, you know, her improvements. And I want to see, obviously I is undefeated, you know, so I'm interested to see how, how, how she is now with the new camp and everything else. So, you know, I think that one's, that one's a kind of more important one in terms of who's going to be the next rising star and, and rising pretty much. Um, Kana was, was, was that for quite a while. And, you know, you know, she, uh, went round, ran into, uh, two, uh, two veterans of the sport. So I think that one's going to be the most interesting one in my, in my eyes. And the most important question is the most important question is what the, what are the odds are that Miyu submits Ayaka? Oh, that is, no, that's not going to happen. I think it's if 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 Miyu is going to win, it's it's going to be by striking. That's that's the only uh, striking, or you know, I mean, if it's a finish, it's going to be a striking, either ground and pound, or you know, some kind of crazy knockout. That's the uh -huh. only way, possibly. I mean, it's oh, a million to one. So, it's a million to one that that might Miyu is going to even get a submission on on honor. Of course, I'll... what you're basically saying is what you're basically saying is she's going to harken back to some of her old. I mean, to some of her late brothers best work so to speak <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean if, if she can if she can um if she can uh you know what do you call it um if she can uh, channel uh channel uh her uh you know uh kid yamamoto's uh you know yeah basically yeah so uh, we talked about the three fights. Uh, what I want to talk about is a fight, or I think this is a fighter who's not on the card, I think a lot of people thought was going to be on the card, and that's Reyna. Um, and uh, what do you think uh, that Reyna's not on this card, uh, Mark? Are you, are you kind of surprised? I'll say I was. Yeah, I know they were trying to put her on the card. I'm a little disappointed she's not on the card. Um, I had mentioned on Twitter that, you know, it kind of isn't a New Year's Eve card without Reyna, you know? You mean, even if it was like a shoot box match, it would be fine. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I don't think it was like it was a last minute thing where they're trying to scramble to fight to find an opponent. And there's just really not no opponent to be found for, for Reyna. So hopefully we'll get to see her on the next Ryzen. But, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that we're not going to see Reyna this time around. Mm hmm. Because I know that after her last fight, and whenever whenever she has a disappointing performance in her eyes, or she loses, she says that she that she's going to quit, or whatever she implies that. Um, mm -hmm. Do you do you take any of that? You take it out of a grain of salt at this point that she that she's uh, done with uh, uh, MMA shoot boxing. Um, you know it's really kind of tough to say. I mean, you know, she just came off, you know, you know, came off uh, in a fight, but. I don't know. I really to tell you the truth. Um, I don't think, I think she's young enough that I don't think that, you know, I think she needs to take her losses. She needs to, you know, go back and, and, you know, kind of refocus. So, you know, I don't think she's done by any kind of means. I mean, she's a star. She's still a star even in loss. Um, you know, she's always been a star, star for the past couple of years, especially in the shootbox realm. So I don't think she's going to be done with mm -hmm. fighting. The question is where her MMA career is going to go, and that just depends on who, who they can find. Obviously, they can build her back up again. They just got to find find the right opponents to to be able to build her up again. So maybe you know the winner, maybe the winner of the high school fight, maybe will face uh, Reina next or something like that. To, you know, kind of figure out where everybody is, where everybody's situation is. So we'll see. Ooh, I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I can understand that, but do you really want to throw the winner of that? 
high school girls fight into the wolves like that against Raina? Well, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. We were talking about that earlier before you came on, you know, is the fact that, you know, Ryzen has a tendency to throw girls to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking oh, in the promoter's cool. eyes. If you want to build your your talent like that, then you're going to have to throw somebody in, in in front of her, you know. And it's not going to be anybody that is going to possibly beat her because you're going to ruin your product. So it has yeah. to be somebody. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and Ash, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. And I mean, I mean, uh, if if um, if um, uh, Sakura Mori ends up winning that makes her four and one as an mma fighter so um and i think what rain is what maybe maybe and what's 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 rain is uh, i think she's eight and two uh, mma she, record you know got, i think it's eight and maybe eight and two eight and three i'm guessing yeah somewhere around that yeah. range so uh yeah. i'll double check right now uh but uh going uh continue off that uh mark um so there was a video that came out. Uh, now, Raina, uh, Luke clarified this for me. It was not Raina who said this, but I guess somebody else in the video who said that Raina was interested in going to WWE. Uh, why should oh, she? No. Why should? Why would that be a bad move for her, Mark? Uh, in the say, uh, explain that. <laughs> well, well, I mean, she has to. You know, she has to go over to um, what is it? Uh, Stardom. Yeah, I believe over mm-hmm. in Japan. And she would have to kind of go through that system. I mean, we've, we've, seen, uh, we've seen one MMA fighter. You. Yeah. I hate to interrupt you, but there's plenty of other promotions that Raina can ply her craft in, you know, in professional wrestling. There's no damn way she's going to go into the WWE without any foreign, you know, traction, you know, aside from that one Bellator fight. And actually, just to let you know, her record is 11-3. 11-3. Okay, 11-3. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I mean, that's not that's not bad. I mean, that's not bad for an MA fighter. So, you know, I kind of hate that, you know, if, if fighters lose like that or lose three times when your record's 11-3, I mean, I've seen a lot worse records that are still that are still going at it. So, you know, it's all about motivation. <laughs> and with, with Reyna, I mean, like you said, you go into someone like Stardom to kind of, uh, you know, work your way in. I mean... There's a former um, there's a former UFC fighter that's currently there. I'm trying to remember. I follow her on Twitter. I don't know why I don't have her name off the top of my head, but um, but she's currently Jessamine there. Is it Jessamine Duke? Is it Jessamine the Gun Duke? No, 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 no. You're talking. You're not. You're thinking NXT. Uh, this gal's uh, Japanese over um, over in Stardom. She used oh, to be in the UFC. Shiri Kondo. Yeah. Shiri Kondo. Yeah. Shiri Kondo. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be yeah, interesting which, if, she, I mean, if she came back to MMA, uh, Siori. That'd be very interesting, I think. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. But I, I think, really, I mean, if it wasn't for the travel ban, I wouldn't be surprised if she was oh, she was in AEW. You know, uh, her her uh, her good friend was the former champion over there. So, um, you know, there was there was some almost inclinations that she could possibly make that that transfer over to AEW pretty quickly though, too. But yeah, in order for Farina to do that, she needs to kind of get some training and, and, you know, at least a year of training and over at, you know, a, you know, a, a place like, you know, a, like a stardom to kind of get her um, kind of her feet wet, just very similar to what, what um, Shana, Shana Baszler did, you know, she, she went and she uh, fought, uh, you know, on the independent circuit for quite a long time to just uh, to get her feet wet and get her name out there. And then, 
you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you could always go to the WWE training center and, and kind of start, you know, start her training there. But, you know, I, I know, I don't think that's going to happen though. I think she's too good of a fighter. I mean, 11 and three still pretty good record as an MMA fighter. So I don't think that's going to happen. So I just, I got to have to say this. Um, uh, so I don't think that if Reina were to go to pro wrestling, I don't think she goes stardom. I don't know if I hear, you know, it's funny because she's big in Japan. Her name is big in Japan, Reina's, but in the United States, I don't think, I don't think her name value is 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 even on a comparable level to what she, how she's known in Japan. Yeah. So she go she you know she won't be you know if she might want to go to WWE, but she ain't going to WWE first thing. I don't believe. I can't believe. No, no, Dude, no. That's why I recommend yeah. starting exactly. starting the uh, Japanese promotion. Especially when it comes down to you know her potential. There's plenty of other promotions in Japan, like Diana, like Wave, like Stardom, that she can go to. Well, at least no here's a good thing. Here's a good thing as well. Here's a good thing as well. We know she's a wrestling fan. She always, she used to come out to uh, to Chono's. I think she still comes out to Chono's music. I don't know. They, they uh, overdubbed the... Uh, well, actually, she came out to Chono's music that one time. Yeah. yeah I think she, it was before that Kana fight. Yes, the second Kana not, fight. Not, she had, not to... Not, yeah, not to mention she had the NWO. Uh, yes, Reno World Order. Yeah, that was so awesome. That was so awesome. Uh, <laughs> but okay, uh, we do have some time to talk a little bit uh, about some other topic. I wanted to bring up with you, uh, Mark, uh, Kana Watanabe, fight of Zion Bellator. Uh, there was an influx of a, uh, we did get a new champion in the flyweight division there with Juliana Velasquez defeated Lima Lay McFarlane. What do you think uh, Wanabi's chances are of becoming flyweight champion in Bellator? Well, I think, you know, I think it's on, it's, it's on, I, I am 99.9% sure the next tournament is going to be a flyweight tournament in Bellator. They're signing so many good flyweights like Kana into, into their not to do, not to make this, this thing possible. And it'll be interesting to see who they pair her against where they rank her in terms of this, of this Grand Prix, um, you know, so, you know, I think she's going to have to kind of sharpen her skills a little bit because of some of the people that are there. I think she'll, she'll be in the middle of the middle of the pack. I think there's a lot of gals that are, you know, what, 125 right now that are, are pretty, pretty solid. I mean, they're pretty solid and um, you know, gals like, um, like Liz Carmouche, you know, which is going to be a tough, tough out for her if she ended up facing her you know so it's going to take her a while to get her footing but i'm interested to see how everything kind of goes and where she is once this tournament starts um and uh so yeah so is it confirmed that there's gonna be a flyweight tournament in bellator i'm saying it's i'm i'm saying it's 99.9 percent there i i'm there's no been no official announcement by bellator um coker's been very tight-lipped about it yeah uh malay has has been wanting this for for forever and just on based on all the signings they've made they've made like two or three flyweight signings in the in the promotion so it's got to make sense that they're uh, going to be doing that i do think that the more interesting compelling fight would have been con if if kana is next in line let's just say kana watanabe gets the next uh, sh uh, shot would be kana versus mcfarlane just because i think that i think that mcfarlane is just I don't know. She's on. I know she lost his last fight, but uh, you know, previous to that, she is. I think, I think she it was fair to say it was like uh, such a compelling fire. She still is a compelling fire, I should say. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, when when she lost, she, she um, 
a lot of people were thinking that, you know, I was thinking this right before, right before she was facing her, that, you know, this is the weight of a ch- the championship to be, to be the champion for the past couple of years, being undefeated champion for that many, that long a time that catches up with you sometimes, you know? Uh, and with, uh, with Alimale, which is her schedule and everything that she's done, I think she was a little bit relieved not to have the championship around her waist, not to say that she's going to be quitting anytime soon or that she's not wanting to get back into the cage to be able to get that championship back again, but it just leaves Yates her a little bit more, you know? So I'm interested to see, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if if they put Connor against her, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Lima's still too, um, I think Lima's still too, um, you know, up top tier to, to even try to face someone like Anna. You know, um, maybe maybe they put Limale against Liz Carmouche. Uh, they've they've separated gyms. Liz is not training over at Limale's gym anymore, and I think that's out of that was out of due due to respect. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll probably put her against one of the European gals, pretty much. I think um, if the tournament ends up happening, just to um, kind of build her a little bit more. But we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see who kind of gets out first. Um, and actually, I do want to, uh, and we'll, we'll just go back to Ryzen because uh, we do have a question from Daniel Dzubecki, our boy from, uh, I think he's from Poland. I think, he, I think that's where he's from. Yeah, he's from Poland. Obviously, the last name would give you a hint as to where he's from. Mm-hmm. What's his question? He wants to know uh, where Ryzen should expand their women's MMA division. 45 kilograms, open weight, maybe one of the categories covered by UFC. So I guess that'd be like straw weight, uh, bantam weight, uh, featherweight, which- No, actually 45 kilograms in the case of Japanese MMA is minimal weight. Well, no, I meant, I meant for the for the last part of his question when he was saying about the categories covered by UFC, which would be straw weight, uh, bantam weight, featherweight for a woman. But uh, Mark, go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, 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 yeah, go ahead uh, with your answers to those questions. Yeah, I mean, minimum weight would be interesting. I think that would be an interesting one, just because that there's so very there's so few promotions that have it, and there's a lot of women in the Asian countries that are are right around 100 pounds. You know, that'll that'll be able to fight, and and especially down in Thailand, Thailand they can bring some of the Thailand talent, um, you know, up. You know, I've known quite a few fighters uh, in Thailand that are that are right at hundred pounds or 98 pounds or whatever that they can bring up and, and do that, do it that way. Um, and they would be pretty exciting. They're always, they're always fast on their feet. They're um, I would say that the minimum weight fighters are the fly, you know, or the, the, the equivalent of the male flyweight fighters. They're really, really fast and they're really, really quick. So it'd be interesting to kind of see that in, in there as well. Um, in terms of the UFC, I mean, 115 would be nice. I mean, we've already saw, saw Canado, uh, you know, make the transition over to Invicta at 115, win the championship there, go to the UFC. I mean, that's a really mm-hmm. easy, uh, easy, easy, easy out there. And I think there's a lot of uh, fighters that are fighting right around that weight. I mean, it's so kind of crazy that they're still fighting at 108, not 105 or 115. But, you know, I think 115 would be nice. So, you know, these girls can't have to cut that much more to get down to 108. So, I think right now, just just in terms of where where Japan is, where what their talent pool is, I would say 115 is very very solid. If they wanted to go back up to open weight, I mean, we'd have to wait for the borders to open up. But I mean, I've had the statistics um, that you know there are quite a few f- fighters. I mean, uh, Ryzen's brought in a lot of uh, talent from Iran 
that they've 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 just started having women's open weight fights over there. So they could always bring some of the gals there or even over in Mongolia, getting some of the women from Mongolia over to Ryzen as well would be pretty interesting. So in an open weight as well. Um, I'd love to see King Raina back. You know, we haven't seen her in a while. And she's, you know. Um, to be quite honest, Mark, considering the fact that King Raina has been such a skid mark on her own career, I don't think anybody would want her back unless she smartens up and, you know, treat this serious enough. Mm -hmm. she, she, in her last two fights, she looked terrible. And they were both yeah. they were both kickboxing matches. And I don't know how she won the first one. Oh no, she did she win the first one or did she lost the second one? I'm trying to remember how it went. Um I think she yeah, she won she won the first one by like a split decision, and then she lost the second one. And I thought she lost both. So and, and plus plus given the fact that she had two lackluster performances in her last two rising fights against yeah. Stephanie Egging and no wait, actually Stephanie Egger and Caitlin Young, and not to mention Cindy Dantois, who can't punch worth the damn. I mean, do we really want to see her back? Well, I mean, it's it's tough, you know. You're throwing her against the wolves here, so I mean, you know, <laughs> a gal like Caitlin Young and Cindy Dantois are are a lot more on a different level than than what Reina is. So, you know, I think in in that case, I think that they kind of almost, you know, they almost uh, stepped on her stepped on her foot there to try to do it. So. Um, you know, I think she's still a draw. I mean, she's down that she, she still works at Deep Jewels from time to time. Yep, she cleans if she the rings, apparently. Seriously, come, 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 you know, too bad the, the borders are closed because I love, love, I think Raina was training out here in the United States for a little while. Um, so that might be something that she may consider if she really is serious about wanting to, um, once, once the borders open again, maybe that's something she'll consider. If she wants to do this MMA thing, maybe she trains here in the United States for a little while. Yeah, that's the thing I gotta say is that anything above 125 at this point with the with the way the world's going, I think you're gonna have like little to no talent uh, based in Japan. You know, as long as the borders are closed, mm -hmm. you might be yeah. able to you might be able to get the occasional talent from you know. It seems like they can bring a limited amount of talent from outside Japan, but also we're seeing cases COVID cases go up. So uh who knows you know january yeah. japanese government might say okay again no no non-japanese nationals allowed so that you know that yeah. that would, that would include me you that would still include all the foreigners and all that stuff um you know uh, everybody's favorite open weight fighter gabby garcia you know so that's the problem oh, yeah. all, all, all the thailand fires uh for the minimum weight division so that that, that creates a major issue um with regard to Ryzen doing uh, minimum weight, um, uh, Mark, you think that there's enough talent there that Ryzen could potentially put on a 45 kilogram uh, matchup? I think so. I mean, like you, you know said, what, I mean, Andrew? And I hate to interrupt. I can only think of two right now, and they both either were championship contenders or were former champions, and those two would obviously be Yasuko Tamada, who fought. Michelle Watterson and Invicta became the oldest fighter to contend for a title. Sorry, Miyu. <laughs> and Shatoko Shinasi, who's obviously a legend and deep, but despite the fact that she's fought basically little Korean girls and little Japanese girls, <laughs> basically since she came back, I think that her career is probably missing an opportunity to be in Rising. 
Wait, uh, yeah, Mark, what, what do you think about that? Uh, th- those like particular talents, Tamada, uh, and the other one that Christian um, named. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, you can bring in talent from from. Like I said, a lot of this is still with 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 what's going on right now with COVID and and the borders. But if 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 borders open up, I think with as much talent as Thailand has right now and the way that it's transitioning over to mixed martial arts from from Muay Thai, because we're seeing a lot of great MMA talent out of Thailand now, uh, Loma being being the biggest biggest one off the top of my head. Yeah. But there's a lot of gals that are that are that that small that are like I right on 100 190 800 100 or 98 pounds right now that could back and back and uh, transition over from you know uh, Tiger Muay Thai and make it over here uh, over to the Japan Japan same thing with with Korea and all that as well so if they really wanted to they can invest in the kind of in that as well they just need to find that one star that um, that Japanese star that, that that can pull everybody in, and we've just we just crowned a, a Deep Jewels, uh, you know, minimum weight champion, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah they just had it, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, you know, they were supposed to. It was supposed to be uh, Amp versus. Um, I th- I'm trying to remember who the other person was that Amp was supposed to be facing, but um, because of the COVID, the was Aussie- it either was it either Shinasi or Tamara? I think it was Shinasi. You know, yeah, it was Shinasi because Tomato lost that match. And but then they had to change it up. And I think that Amp would have been the one who who won that. I think that Amp um uh can be very successful at uh microweight. Problem is that she's in Thailand. Uh she's she's Thai. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I mean a lot of this is just gonna have to wait. I mean, you know, as soon as this hopefully within within the next year, once things open up again. Then maybe we might we might be able to see you know kind of that, but like I said, there's a lot of talent there that they they could they could access in terms of that weight class, and it's a weight class that we don't see in other organizations. And but you know if you have a marquee weight class like that, I mean that says a lot. I mean that's what the atom weights are for Invicta. I mean that that's their mm-hmm. that's their that's their that's their that's their uh, cream of their off. That's their you know that's their you know steadfast vision. No other. No other major promotion in the United States or in the world besides Deep Jewels has an Adam Lee champion. So, you know, I think that could possibly be, you know, their their version of it. Or even, you know, if they if they kind of join deep in that, you know, Deep Jewels in that. Um, now, well, on contrary, my friend, I think only Deep Jewels and Pancrase has that division to a lesser extent, that damn one championship. Well, one that, that's the funny hey. thing about the Adam Wade. Actually, the Adam Wade and, and and it's the weird, the weird rule in one championship is just that since we have the weigh-in rules, the um, Adam Wade championship is actually at one fifteen. So technically, it's their strawweight championship. Yep. Oh yeah, they they do the whole the weird the weird exactly. weight thing. Um, uh, mm-hmm. what was it? Oh, the, the big question I have uh, uh, I have for for you. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, well, I guess another big question. Kayla Harrison, is she uh, officially unsigned right now? She's not with PFL, right? No, um, she's still signed with PFL. PFL is lending her out. Um, what happened? Oh, was, okay. Yeah, what happened was is that she wasn't fighting and she wanted she wanted to make money, and it's a little bit tough to do that. So they, they you know, PFL, they were going to, um, he was going to sue. Her management was going to sue PFL. PFL came to the table and said, "Listen, we we can't we can't necessarily open up the season because of what's going on right now." But if she wants to fight in other organizations, as long as it's not a major organization like the UFC or Bellator, that's fine with us. And so that's what happened. And then she went and fought in Invicta. She was supposed to fight a couple of weeks ago, but um, you know, 
to nobody's surprise, uh, her opponent missed weight because she always misses weight mm -hmm. so badly. <laughs> yeah. so, Wait a minute. So Are you saying that, that Josette Cotton is a born loser? Are you yeah. saying that Josette Cotton's a loser even though she's clearly identified as the first women's lightweight champion of any promotion? This is a gal that's only made weight maybe once in her life. <laughs> uh, so, um, oh, God. Yeah. Um, you know, even with that, I mean, she, you know, she's, she's, she, you know, they put her up in weight and then she misses again. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I think, I think that no, Kayla said that she was, it was always, it's the running joke. It's the running joke here in the women's division. She never makes weight. If, if, if Kayla, I think she said that she was still, she'd still be willing to fight her, even though she missed weight. Yeah. yeah um, but the commission decided the next day, you know, they of said, course. No. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But, my, but I, I, um, I misunderstood. I thought that she was. I didn't know she was being loaned out to PFL because I know she did. She was yeah, gonna she, fight. I was gonna say, do you think that she could be? You know, once things open up, bring her into Ryzen for their 145, 155 division because you know they were trying to do something like that before. But you know, they seemed to kind of, uh, even before the pandemic, it seemed like when Reina kind of went on her skid, they're like, okay, we're not gonna focus on bantam women's bantam weight, women's featherweight anymore. Do you think that uh, she could be something in Ryzen? Uh, uh, I don't think. Well, that's the thing. I mean, she's such a hot commodity right now. I mean, if you know, I don't know how long her contract is. I assume that through this next tournament, after this next tournament, I'm betting that she doesn't. She doesn't have. She doesn't have. A, she does. You know, PFL will have to renew her contract. And I think what'll happen is is that, you know, if she ends up winning the tournament, which could be one of the most loaded tournaments if everything kind of falls into place. I mean, the big thing right now in the back of my head, which is people are telling me it's a long shot. I think it's somewhat of a long shot, but I won't be surprised if it happens. If Misha Tate ends up coming into the tournament, uh, she's back in training now. Ooh. So, um, and back here in the United States training, actually. Um, Wasn't well, she with one? She was, she was in ones, like she was doing like uh, office stuff for one. Yeah, think, office right? stuff, yeah, but she's back here in the United States. She's back in Vegas training over at Extreme Couture. Oh, that was interesting. surprising about it. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but she's back in training. She's physically training for fights now. I don't know if it's if it's just, you know, she wants to get back and fight safe for some odd reason or if it's just, you know, it's a, it's, it's a you know, comeback. I don't know yet. Gotcha. But, um, she does have a relationship with, with PFL because, you know, Extreme Couture, um, the, um, one of the coaches of Extreme Couture runs PFL. So there, there's always that possibility. So that's going running in my back of my mind. But even with that, I mean, if, if, if Kayla wins this tournament, there's bigger fish to fry because once her contract is up, the UFC and, and Bellator are going to come knocking. They're going to be, they're going to be uh, mm -hmm. paying hand over fist to try to get her to uh to fight because um she's the, she's the probably the the third biggest star at um at 145 behind uh cyborg and amanda nunes who both need solid opponents so you know it'll be interesting to see kind of where she is but i don't think she is going to be able to pay her enough to be able to go over there and to be able to fight so i don't think that's a possibility Oh, Bellator definitely could, and then you could get that that cyborg fight because that's the fight she's wanted. And I think. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Kayla versus Cyborg in a Bellator slash Ryzen um, in Japan—that sounds like you know a mega fight. That would be fun to be able to watch in person and to be able to to, to have a huge crowd, you know, behind that. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm. But um, 
but it'll be a bidding war. I think she's in a she's in a, she's in a really good position right now. If she wins the next tournament, you know, she she pretty much write her check. Uh so uh, you know what? Another person we can talk about, Clarissa Shields, one of the best women's box. No, the best women's boxer that's out there right now. Even though her decision to knockout ratio needs some work, but still. You got Clarissa Shields signed to the PFL now. Let's just say, you know, one of her fights is in Rising. How much money do you think that would be? How much money do you think it would get for Clarissa Shields to fight inside of a Rising ring before she even makes her PFL debut? Oh, heck, put put her against King Reyna if you guys are so low on King Reyna. <laughs> yes. I, I give Clarissa Shields 100, uh, I, I beat her 100 times out of 100 times. Uh, if yeah, I mean, there. well, I mean, that's what Mayweather did, right? Uh, the other question, so, uh, the last question I have for you, Mark, before we go is, yeah. um, 2021, what do you see? want to see Ryzen do when it comes to Adam Waite, uh, any other women's division, what do you hope that Ryzen uh, does or can achieve? I want him to bring in more talent. I mean, I want him to develop a lot more of the Japanese talent. Like I said, a lot of these smaller gyms are starting to bring in bring in uh, women into their into their fold. So I really want to see, I want to see them kind of give give uh, some of the opportunities. I know Deep Jewels is, is giving some of those opportunities, but even if they look into Deep Jewels and try to you know snatch some of their talent for some of these bigger shows and uh, you know kind of you know talent share, that would be a big big thing too. They need to build up you know contenders for um, whoever wins the championship um, next week. We have to, uh, we have to, you know, you know, really kind of get that division, division actually going, uh, versus you know having only the six fights that we have right now. So I think you know they they hopefully get, you know, some of these gals you know trained up and all that. Hopefully Reina comes back and kind of helps with that, uh, you know, trying to develop some of this talent and give them opponents. So I really just wanted to bring more women in um, and try to kind of you know. You know, I don't want to say spitball, but just bringing some women to see who who's going to be the next big talent. They've already they've already have like gals like Kana Wanatabi, who they've had on their shows. They've had uh, Kanato Morada that was on their shows assigned to the UFC. You know, they've got a lot of girl, girls girls mm-hmm. that are have been signed to major promotions. You know, I think that it would be a great a great thing to be able to do that. So hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we get some more more girls that can do that. What is the what is what is the biggest fight that can be made in Japan right now in women's MMA? Hmm. You think the bad news is, is that Ham's gone because I mean Ham versus Ayaka three would be the biggest biggest fight that I think could could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know Ayaka's so so far ahead of everybody. It's just it's just it's just oh, yeah. crazy. I mean, I, you know, I mean. Like I said, I'd kind of I'd love Mina Mina Grusander just to come to, to back to Japan to be able to fight because she's a lot different fighter than she was when she lost at Ryzen. I think she's a lot better competitor. I love to see her fight maybe a Miyu or whatever before she gets to Ayaka. But um, it's it's tough to say just because there's so so much talent that you know. I mean, like I said, Ayaka is just so far ahead right now. Um, you know, and Jen's Jen's no longer viable because she's over in UFC. So, um, I, you know, I think 
if I were to say it, it would be, you know, the biggest fight that they could possibly ever do right now at this moment, because they need to develop a lot more talent is just, you know, Ham versus Ayaka in Ayaka three. But like I said, that's probably not going to happen. What yeah. a, I'm trying to think. What about, uh, well, so, so here's the thing. They have said that they wouldn't fight. That they, I don't know. Do you think that Ayaka and Reina can ever happen, even though they are training partners? Because I think that's the biggest fight that can be made. But I think it's a big. It might be the biggest fight because it can never can happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think respectfully. I mean, you know, I, I if they if they brought it to them, I think the you know there would be kind of a discussion on that. Um, but I think Reina knows that she would be in way overhead versus Ayaka. I mean, Ayaka is almost like a big sister her, to her now because, you know, you know, they've been training off and on, um, you know, with Megumi. Yeah. Um, so it's a situation where, you know, I think it's a big sister versus a little sister and it's a little bit tougher. And I know that I said, I know that um, I know that Reina knows that she's not as good as she can be. So I almost say that that won't happen. Um, you know, I kind of would be disappointed if it does happen because I know Reina, Reina would lose pretty badly just because she doesn't have that experience under her belt versus somebody like Ayaka. Like I said, Ayaka is just so far ahead of everybody right now. She's basically like, oh, it almost like she, she's basically almost like Cyborg is right now, except that, you know, there are challengers for her, just not in Japan. Yeah, you know, so that, I know, you know that, that this is case. all of an asterisk. This is all of an asterisk just because of what. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, trying to remember. I don't think. I'm trying to think of, I don't think Victor has an atom weight champion now since Jen dropped it. Oh so, no! They they just had uh they had the uh didn't they have uh Alicia Zapatella and uh Van Sant? Uh, oh, that's right. They did. Yeah, Alicia yeah, Zapatella is the new champion. So Zapatella would be nice then. Zapatella versus versus Ayaka would be pretty cool too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Either yeah, that or Zapatella versus Kana again. You know, just to get the feel of I want my win back. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, even a champion versus champion. You know, if Miyu wins, I think that'd be a compelling fight. I I think Miyu against anybody is a compelling fight just because she you know. See, she's still, it's so weird that she's still kind of young in her MMA career, even though mm -hmm. she's 46 and, and, and has uh, about eight or nine fights. But there's still like, we still haven't seen her full potential, I feel like. So her versus almost every any other atom weight, I think is kind of, it, it's, it's kind of much more compelling than, you know, versus Hamazaki. Because I feel like you put 99% of the atom weight to get a Hamazaki, Hamazaki wins against them. But with Miyu, you just don't ent entirely know. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, like you said, I kind of want to see Kana versus Miyu just for that for that purpose yeah. because I know Kana has gotten so much better since the last time she fought her. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that kind of does make everything kind of interesting. And you're right. Miyu would make an interesting interesting fight versus anybody pretty much, um, with the exception of Ayaka, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Ayaka's, Ayaka's just so far ahead. So. Uh-huh. Um, with that being said, Mark, um, I do want to give you an opportunity. Uh, I, you got anything going down with uh, women's MMA news or anything that you can plug uh, that you're uh, working on? Um, well, I mean, once Ryzen is over, then I get into statistics mode. Uh, that'll be, you know, like I said, right after that, right after the new year happens. 
this year it should be a little bit easier since there was a lot less fights. I mean, <laughs> obviously asterisk here. So um, it won't take me as long. Usually it takes me like a week or so just to get the statistics all, all done. I don't think it'll take me a couple of days, if that, to get all the statistics done for this year um, and kind of, uh, kind of, you know, look and see what's going on there as well. So um, nothing's going, like, going on with the site. It's been, been retweeting, uh, reading news as, as, as it comes by. Um, you know, I'm interested to see where Invicta kind of heads. I'll probably talk to, uh, I'll probably talk to Shannon Knapp before the year is out to, to, to kind of get an update on what's going on next year when the next card is. I'm assuming that uh, Kayla Harrison's probably going to be on that next card. We'll have to see, but, um, yeah, it's kind of this low before everything kind of happens next year. And hopefully when next year happens, we get a lot more fights going on and a lot more opportunities for some of these fighters. So, um, just go to wombatsports.com. Uh, you'll be able to find some stuff. I might be giving an interview with uh, Christine Ferreira, who's a uh, who's a bare knuckle boxer um, from MMA. She was a uh, former. Uh, she was. I don't let's say former MMA fighter because I think I think she could still she do was it. Formerly an Invicta, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, Christine. Uh, yeah. But she, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she wants to do it. She wants to do an interview. So I'll probably have an interview with her within the next couple of weeks over at wombatsports.com. So. And uh, um, can you yeah, also? Yeah. I know. I know. We talked to, talked with you about your movie before. Um, yeah, you want to just uh, plug your movie as well? Is that is that publicly available right now? Um, it's not publicly available right now, but if people want to watch it, just follow me on Twitter, and I can always I can always uh, point you to a copy of it because I don't know where. I don't think it's going to be distributed anytime soon. Um, but it's really interesting. It talks a lot about wrestling, uh, 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 amateur wrestling, in terms of women and how that's grown and everything like that. And that's where this crop of new uh, women's uh, mixed martial artists are going to be coming from um, in the coming years. So it's very interesting. It just, it, it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of facts about what's going on and some interesting stories about some of these, uh, you know, some of these programs that are going on across the United States from the youngsters all the way up to college collegiate programs and all that as well. So um, it's called girls grappling and grit. Just, um, you know, follow me on Twitter at WMA news. If you want to watch it, just uh, you know, let me know, and I'll I'll send you guys the link, and uh, you'll be able to watch it. And I promise, uh, I promise, we'll, I'll post our interview that we did about it as soon as this, as Rise and New Year's Eve is over, just because unfortunately, it just got uh, it got on the backlog of so much stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's it's interesting, especially in Japan, because Japan's has a long history of, of of women's amateur wrestling. They've been very dominant at the Olympics. I would love to see some more crossover with some of the some of the Olympic athletes making their way over to uh, mixed martial arts. I think a lot of them just are, are you know, the good ones are really good, so good that they're getting paid to do it. So they don't uh, make the uh, transition over to mixed martial arts, but I really hope that changes in the year. I mean, uh, Kanato is, I think one of the, one of the prime examples of, and Miu for that example, for that, for that uh, matter, are both really prime examples of, of Japanese women's wrestling and how they've really transitioned really greatly over to mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I think you already, you already gave your social media. Um, uh, yeah, is that is, is anything else? Uh, anything else on the docket besides uh, that? Or you you got did you get? Um, no, just watch out for the statistics coming up coming up the beginning of next year, and then um, you know I always have those statistics up on the website. So if you guys um, if you guys go to the website and all that as well, see some of the older posts, you'll be able to see some of the statistics I have in terms of uh, where the divisions are going and all that as well. It gives you kind of some insight on that as well. I have an interview with uh, Laura Sanko I did, um, you know, about a year ago, right right before uh, New Year's, right after New Year's, about what's been going on in terms of statistics and 
where the kind of divisions were heading. But like I said, this year is going to be kind of strange because there was a lot less fights uh, due to COVID and there was a lot less events. So we'll see, kind of see what happens there. And uh, Christian, you know what to do from here. Okay. The Sakula Mori Takabayashi. Miyu Yamamoto versus Ayaka Hamasaki and Kana Asakura versus Aishimizu fights will all be a part of Ryzen 26 fight card from the world-famous Saitama Super Arena in Saitama City, Saitama Prefecture, Japan, on New Year's Eve, January, no, New Year's Eve, December 31st, or in the U.S., obviously, it'll start at midnight Eastern, lucky you, Andrew, 9 p.m. Pacific, on the live-now.com platform for 25 bucks with commentary from Frank Trigg and Joe Ferraro. You can be sure to check that out or just check it out on the Rise and Light platform. Either way, you're not going to miss anything because we got 14 action-packed fights, well, 16 action-packed fights, and a whole lot of special surprises taking place on New Year's Eve, Rising 26 from the Rising Fighting Federation. Other than that, Mark, thank you for joining us and thank you for, you know, lending your women's MMA expertise with us. We really appreciate you. Other than that, you know, Happy New Year, more importantly. Have a happy 2021 because I know we all want to have a happy 2021. <laughs> but other than that, other than that, seeing the fact that we're recording on Christmas, that's the legendary Lenny Hart and with that being said we out this mug talk to y'all later peace out y'all